Well, hello, everybody, and uh, welcome back to another week. It's great to uh, be together again, and uh, it's great that we can explore in a deep dive this week's message, um, chapter 29 of the video, no, <laughs> of the, the amount of sermon series when we tessellate it into like a, a TV thing at the back. No, chapter 11 of Mark, 29th sermon in the series so far. And uh, Mr. Simon brought an awesome perspective towards actually uh, what we quite often just read in a normal way, Jesus coming into Jerusalem, very normally once lensed. And it was, I really pre- appreciated that view. But this week, we have Simon here and we have Josh hiding up the back again. How good is he? Multitasking. Uh, but yeah, so why don't we kick it off with a prayer, Simon, and I'm going to pass it on to you because you had some interesting stuff to, that you wanted to share. Oh, I thought you were going to pray for a moment. No, no, you're going to pray okay, for so it. There we go. So let's just pray. <laughs> oh, gracious Lord, we just give you thanks for this time that we can just um, sit in your word found in the Bible. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts and our minds to your word for us today, that we may know and understand it uh, with a bit more clarity, with a bit more insight, with a bit more uh, knowledge about what you have us to know today. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. So why, why don't we just start with the word again? Just Actually go over the story that we read. <laughs> yeah, go, go back into the Bible. Uh, so we, Josh is going to put it on the screen for us. Fantastic, he's already almost there. And as Jesus, this is from Mark 11 verse 1, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, I like this uh, translation because it allows, uh, it, it just in every kind of day language that we can really get into here. So as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he told them, and as soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there so no one has ever ridden it. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the young colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. And as they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others spread leafy branches they cut in the fields. Jesus was in the centre of the possession and the people all around him were shouting, praising God, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord, blessing on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David, praise God in highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem went into the temple and after looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. A great, great passage. And, and, it really is, and, yeah. and, and it's really interesting. Now, uh, normally what we would be doing when we have this passage is that it would be, it would actually be Palm Sunday, which is if you're looking at it, uh, and for those that are outside the church, 
uh, Palm Sunday is part of the calendar of the church. So um, often we forget uh, in the church that not everybody understands that there's a calendar of events which actually revolves around um, the life and ministry of Jesus. So we, we, do, we follow that and, and that's why we have Easter on a certain date. Um, and it, it's not a solar calendar. It's part of a lunar calendar, it's part, which is tied to the story of Jesus. And, and so we have some major events that mark particular points. And this one uh, happens before Easter. And often, uh, often we read this passage, not necessarily from Mark. We often will read from Matthew um, because it, it has... Uh, some implications written into Matthew around that passage that speaks more into the Jewish audience, more into the Messiah, coming of the Messiah. Um, Mark is very succinct about the way he puts things, which is what we're Just loving about straight it. Straight and to the point. He That's right. Got what you got. <laughs> you got bang. You hit the nail on the head, move on. I don't need to do any of this flowery stuff and explain more. But, you know, and, and so we actually don't no, normally get to read this version in Mark. Uh, we often are reading uh, Matthew's version of this event. Uh, and it exists in, in, in Luke as well and in John. So it's across all four Gospels. So it's, you know when it's across all four Gospels, it's an important story. Very important. <laughs> Got to make sure it's there. <laughs> Got to make sure it's there. And, um, and, and so often we, you know, as, as I explained on Sunday, we read this through the lens of that Palm Sunday. But the reason why I wanted to choose something different, the reason why I wanted to choose a different lens is when I read through this, and I'm going to get Josh just to throw up the last verse up on the screen for us again. Yep. Okay, good. He's there. <laughs> um, which really is the key for us. So he's got it there. So, so after he's done all this uh, triumphal entry, people waving palm branches, cloaks, all those kind of things, he goes, he came into Jerusalem, went into the temple... And after looking around carefully at everything, he just left. See ya. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. he's got all of this really big hype and he's got this moment to capture everybody there and he just leaves. And that got me thinking. It got me thinking of the reason why this passage is in here and, and really what is the purpose that Jesus was doing in that point in time. Because it wasn't about going into the temple. He went into there to show his final destination. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we often think so much, you know, purpose. Well, that's why we do it with Easter because the purpose is just so that he goes and dies. But actually, no, no, no. There's still so much to happen in between. And this is why it's so important to read each account across the Gospels. There's a distinct purpose at this moment. But we often just associate it with the Easter time instead of just the event that it occurs in. That's right. So, so it was, it's really about why did Jesus come in and the, the purpose on that. And on Sunday during the message, at the end of the message, I said that what we do is we actually explore uh, partly how we find our purpose here. Um, which is, you know, as, as we're diving into this, and, you know, and I love this passage and I love how Jesus challenges us, um, challenges our preconception, challenge the preconceptions of, of those who are in the, the Passover crowd that would normally be coming in, um, uses cultural rituals um, to help. So uses the, the things of the day to help them uh, explain the points and to get them into the story. So none of this is like necessarily outrageous. 
if you think about a parade that we have um, for sporting heroes, those kind of things, what do we do? Grand final Friday. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, th think about, say, we've had a really great Olympic team. Just think back over the years uh, and when we want to throw them a parade um, and we, we parade them in cars uh, down a street. Over confetti. <laughs> with confetti, with things people are throwing, streamers, all those kind of Fireworks. things. Fireworks. You know, and it's that, that celebration and that's what we're seeing here, you know. And I, we didn't even delve into yeah. how, how people were wanting something so much and the celebration involved in it. Um, and, and I think that's really important for us to actually mm. glean that out of there as well. Absolutely. But well, the, um, it, well, it's just, just quickly on that, that point. It's funny because at this point in the story, this is probably the most appropriate scene for a messiah where before he's been ridiculed, tested, um, you know, um, people come up to him at this point, this, you know, for, for us as Christians to um, have a huge crowd come in and celebrate him is probably quite appropriate and quite a, quite appropriate image at this point of the story, um, opposed to, you know, all the other images that we have. So right, so right. Mm, absolutely. I was going to actually ask you then, as before we jump straight into purpose and actually identifying, let's say, Christian purpose, because that's particularly what we want. We don't just want what's our purpose because I think that's something that we do all too often with Christian language and then English tied with it is we say purpose and then for me it sort of has this idea and, and um, grabbing of also things like uh, um, destiny and, yep. and like start yep. to bring in some of those other things from different cultures that actually start to then influence us. So what's the difference would you say between something like destiny and specifically Christian purpose? Okay, so um, to really, I mean, if we, we're starting to think about what purpose is um, and, and it's the reason we do things um, and what, where, we're, where we're heading, what we're going to do, um, you can actually find purpose um, without any of the, you know, without Christian so you can go to any bookstore, you can go to YouTube, you can go to TED Talks, you can go to all of these things and people will t tell you how to get purpose um, in your life and, and they'll give you so many different steps you need to do and things to do in order to find purpose to see where your destiny is going to head. So often when people are talking about purpose, they're going, you want to see your destiny, the end point. And so you're going to do everything to make sure you get to the end point. So it's all about the end point. Um, whereas Christian purpose is about our journey with God. Um, and it's all about how our lives become more in tune and in step with, um, with, with God's purpose for us. So it's actually really, um, really driving into that nature of what is God's purpose for my life. So, you know, when, when we talk about Christian purpose, it is really how can I fulfill God's purpose for my life? What, what, what has God given me that nobody else can do that I'm stepping up to do? What, God, what does God want me to do? So it's such, a, it's such a different thing rather than going, what do I want to see at the end and go, I want to get there. Now, those two may align, but those two might diverge uh, or it might go along and then um, is stopped. Um, because you be suddenly be, you lose your way on those kind of things. So uh, purpose is not a one-off thing. And that, I think that's what we also need to understand. Uh, finding a Christian purpose is not just this one-off event and, and become a, a, you know, a monk for six months and 
find your purpose and go, oh, I've got it, I've got it. (laughs) Complete discipline, exactly. And go, oh, I've got it. And then then you go, I've got my purpose in life and now I can just follow it. Uh, It's it's an ongoing daily kind of thing that you're doing. It's realigning ourselves. So, um, Josh, I I, I threw some points up there for us to have a look at. So, um, the first two points, we'll just put them on lower thirds for us. so I'm just making we go. push buttons. There yep. you go. Fantastic. So the first two points are that, first, firstly, if you're thinking about the Christian purpose um, and, and you want to align your life with a Christian purpose, th- the first thing is you actually have to understand the Bible. You know, you actually have to read the Bible, you know. And, and this may sound like a broken record in, <laughs> in so many different ways, but... You find the Word of God here and you actually find um, what, uh, what, what, what God wants us to do in life, how we are meant to behave, where God wants us to be, what are the, thing, you know, what are, what are the attributes that uh, make up a godly person. So unless you're actually turning into the Bible and reading it and it becomes part of your daily pattern of behaviour, of reading the Bible, then how are you going to know God's purpose if you don't read the Word of God? That's right. And and the thing is, like, the Bible is actually consistent. Like, it's the Word for the past, it's Word for present, it's the Word for future. It's not something that actually will change as time develops, you know. And, and the other thing to that is, it doesn't go against itself. So if you're looking for purpose and for it to align with God, you're only going to find it in the place where God's revealed what his purpose for us is exactly exactly and, and so so you know if, if you really want to find your purpose christian purpose in life i i, I do encourage you to read the bible um on a daily pa- pa- pattern of, of reading that's great so if someone was just new to it and they yep. didn't know where to turn to where would you recommend starting or if you're guiding someone through this stuff where would you recommend them to start reading for? Uh, on, on a general thing, I'd actually start within the Gospels. Yeah, great spot. <laughs> because because you actually uh, you, you actually while while the beginning of the book is always good to start with, um, that's like the um, it, it can be confusing for people to start in that spot. So if you read about Jesus, um, because Jesus gives us that understanding, human understanding of who God is because Jesus is God in human form. So what better way to actually understand our way of um, interacting and what we're meant to do than actually reading about the person who is Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate. That means here in flesh, in person. Um, so I would start in there. Then maybe actually have a look at, um, you know, and it depends on where, you know, what what your um, kind of passionate about. Um, so, you know, and also then once you've kind of read those, Psalms are really good on learning how to um, praise, um, but also weave your everyday life, ups and downs of everyday life, into a kind of form of prayer. So that's, you know, if, if anything else, Psalms will help you to weave your highlights, your lowlights, your everyday things into a, a, a petition back to God. And I find Psalms particularly are also just fantastic to put with a verse. Like if you're going through the Gospels, read a chapter of a Psalm too because sometimes it's just the imagery that captures your awe, you know. Like it's got some great pictures in there of the character of God and just how the people who wrote those 
songs and poems and and psalms uh, really encaptured that. Yeah. yeah, and and then then you got lots of places. Then you can go once you've got that kind of foundation around that. Then you can be jumping. Into Here comes acts the or, genealogies, yeah, or you go into the. Ge- <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily. Well, unless you're right into you know history and genealogy, I wouldn't just necessarily jump there. But but you could be you could be jumping into the Acts of the Apostle. You could be jumping into any of the epistles, which are the letters that um, the apostles wrote to the churches in, in order to encourage people in their faith. So, like, if you're doing that kind of step journey. Uh, and you know, and uh, and I love Philippians. It's really encourage, really encouraging for us. You know, there's great great ones in there. Um, you could be reading some of the the, the Old Testament um, prophets. Uh, they get kind of be deep and heavy, but you know, if you're wanting to kind of hear some of that, that that how um, the Jewish nation journeyed, walked away. God is always seeking. Um, being called back into right relationship with God, which is the overarching story through there, then that's really good to do. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd start in the Gospels. And I think the Gospels are great too because it um, actually grounds you in the foundation of faith, um, Jesus being the foundation. The rest talks in and of Jesus, but that's literally what he did, what he said, what he expects us to do. So yep. it's a good good spot to see. So, so learning the, that the, the words the rest. Sorry. Sorry, no, it gives you that um understanding for the rest if you if you ground yourself. Because you can go to any, like you're saying, you can go to any then different part that alludes to it, and you're like, I know what they're talking about. <laughs> exactly. So that's exactly right. Um the the next thing is that we you know, praying for direction, actually coming into that space. So if you're um, daily reading the Bible, um, daily praying for what direction should my life be heading. You know, actually bring that as part of it. And, and prayer is that conversation with God. It's that um, bringing your requests but also listening for responses. Exactly. And I was going to just say, I think often people here pray for direction and they think they have to fill a certain amount of time with words around direction so that they get direction. But it, I think a lot more of the time we should be learning to sit in the silence to actually just allow that direction aspect come to us from God rather exactly. than trying to push what we want into it. <laughs> which, which brings me to, uh, I've got a couple of points around praying for direction that, and, and, and also just seeking that direction that will help us. So it kind of breaks from this kind of little thing. But the, the first one is to actually listen to um, the, your dissatisfactions. So often when we're looking for direction, um, often we will... You know, it might be that you're dissatisfied with where you currently are or, or what you're doing or the career path you're in. Or even something that's in the world that's not actually you exactly. see as just or, or that's fair right. or and, and, and there's a change that needs to happen in that. that. And that is so, that is like so big, so powerful that if you think that the status quo of the way the world is behaving in, in particular areas is not right and you are dissatisfied with just being a part of it. And it's not aligning with the word. And it's not aligning with the word, then jump into it and do something yeah. about it. So, it, it, you know, the, the reason why you think about those kind of dissatisfaction stuff is often it's, 
if you're doing this in prayer, and see, this is why I wanted to link it within prayer, mm-hmm. is that when you're praying and those those things about dissatisfaction are coming on you and you're asking for God's direction and they're the thoughts that keep on coming and sitting on your heart all the time, then that's part of that answer to prayer is something that you need to do in that space. So if you surround this with um, prayer, then you're actually, you know, you, you're seeking where God is going to challenge you to be. And that in itself is a scary thought, isn't it? Because then once we step into asking for the challenge, well, we've got to actually take the steps into the challenge. That's right. And, and, and this, this next one is, is, is really important because you actually need to listen to other people. Because actually what happens if, if you keep all of this to yourself and go, oh, I'm just trying to seek my purpose and direction in life, then you're missing um, a whole world of, of godly Christian believers around you going, actually, I see this is where you are gifted. I see this is where God's leading you. So you're actually listening to other people for confirmation what God's already placed on your heart. And often they will place a challenge in front of you that you need to listen for. Um, the next thing is to, to actually listen to your gifts. So in other words, um, God's not necessary. God will draw you out from comfort zones, but God will also equip you with the gifts to do your purpose in life. Absolutely. And I think there's a big thing about spiritual gifts and then you also have your abilities. Mm. And God will use both aspects yep. to actually empower you for the purpose that he's given for you to enter into. That's right. So, so you, you, you know, um, you might be a carpenter uh, and you're really skilled with your hands, but God's not necessarily calling you out to be a brain surgeon. You know, both are skilled with their hands, but you're, not, you're in a completely different space. So you've got to think about, where, you know, what is your giftings and, and, and spiritual giftings and where, where, you, where the Spirit of God is working on you and, and taking you. Um, and that's a whole other area that we could just well, we look at. We could just sit in that. But. <laughs> but, but we're not going to because we're going to move on. So um, we're going to listen for, uh, you know, what, what are you passionate about? So it's, it's really aligning. Um, so it's not necessarily about where you're dissatisfied. It's not um, listening to others. It's not just about your gifts, but it's about what you're passionate about because, um, you know, sometimes where you're leading is your passion. And, and you've got to kind of weigh all these things up together and they all come together. So you, you don't ignore one, you listen to them all. Um, and then, then coming back into our list of things about uh, specifically things. So the, all of those about listening to, to um, your, your dissatisfaction, listening to others, listening to the gifts, listening to your passions, they're all things that you do surrounding in prayer. So you don't do those outside of prayer. You keep them in that prayer space and keep on listening to it, seeking God's direction in those things. So if you go, I'm dissatisfied, let's just bring this back into prayer. God, what do you want me to do about it? Um, or somebody has said, I'm really good at this. God, let me know if this is the direction you, I should be going and actually like bring that back into that. You know, and if it's, if it's um, uh, you know, gifts, it's, it's like, God, you know, I believe I've got this gift of you know, um, of uh, evangelism, God, is this where you want me to be? Is this where you want me to be using this gift? And really kind of bring it into that space of prayer. So it's, you know, I cannot underemphasize, I need to overemphasize prayer 
for direction. Everything in and through. <laughs> Everything in, in and through. Part of, the, part of our um, coaching cluster that we have, um, the work is prayer. It, it, it is that that's one of the key phrases that comes up. The work is prayer. We do it through prayer, and so then then we jump into our our third point, um, which is that we then we actually need to learn to follow the will of God. Steps take some action. <laughs> you actually have to get actually you have to get it into that action stage and, and actually working it together for you know uh, you mean with I can't God. Just hear really well what God wants and just enjoy hearing it <laughs> well i mean you i suppose what you could do is you could go through all of these processes looking for the that your, your your purpose in life your god directed purpose in life and then you could make this beautiful little wall poster and click with art and saying <laughs> this is where i'm heading uh, you could have venn diagrams you could have all you know all infographics about this but unless you actually do something you're actually not following the will of God. You're, you're listening, you're in that phrase, but there is actually action that needs to happen. And so it's actually uh, continuing on in that space. And, and then you've got the fourth one about purpose, which is always remembering the promises of God because even though you may be following God's purpose in your life and, and where it's leading, there will be times and places where it will be hard, won't it? And you'll, you'll actually have... Um, you know, people will actively work against you. The world may actively work against you. You may actively work against you. Um, Spiritually, there'll be opposition trying to pull you back. <laughs> and that is such a big thing, spiritually. So, you know, because do not, you know, when, when we read through, um, you, you see that there is always the spiritual world that is fighting against God's um, dominion in the world and, and purpose in the world. And, and, and anybody that's seeking God's desire and will and, and willing to follow it through will come under attack. Absolutely. And, and it's just that whole thing of we want to live in the life that is God's life. And we have this good side that we want to live for. But the other side wants you not for life, but to destroy you and to bring you down and out of all those life-giving opportunities. Yeah, and 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 and, and I think the thing about um, promises of God is, if you go back into the Bible, you keep on reading in that, and they're one of the things. Actually, if you you, you actually can go into the Bible app and look up promises of God, yeah. and there'll be some great um, uh, Bible reading. Uh, Courses, that's for a better word. Plans. Plans, that's the word. That's what I was looking for. Bubble reading Bible plans. plans. Bubble plans. <laughs> hey, but there'll be great ones about the promises of God. Um, and they, they're really good because that just helps you ground into what are, what has God promised the world? What has God promised the believers? And what's particularly good about those plans is they're in the right context. You hear us talk about it all the time. What's the context? What's the context? And those promises are some most of the time the things that are misunderstood because it's a nice saying, but the context of the promise isn't right there. You need to actually find the right place, and that's why a plan's really helpful. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then just going into a couple of other little things, you know, it's, it's about living a purpose-driven life. If and and if you really, it's a good book. It is a good book. 
<laughs> and that's kind of what I, what I put up there. There's a couple of good books up there. So, you know, Rick Warren's Perpetuism Life is really helpful yeah. um, because it kind of aligns stuff or um, Andy Stanley's uh, Visioneering is really good about seeing where your vision is heading in the future. So you can actually have resources out. Uh, there are resources out there that will help you understand your purpose and, and put it into practice in, in real specific ways. And then, you know, you, you know as we said, continue to live it out. You know, keep on applying it in your life daily. Keep on keeping on. And our last one I think is a really, really important one, which is actually make sure you have a personal challenge for yourself. So if God has placed a purpose on your life and you've actually got it, actually put that challenge there for yourself to live that purpose out on a daily basis and actually achieve it and get it out there. So And celebrate when you do. Oh, yeah. Celebrate when you do and enjoy when you do make a milestone and, and keep pushing harder in the days where you're like, oh, I didn't quite stack yep. up. So, and, and this actually probably brings us into a really yeah, great, great thing because what Jesus did in all of this, so as he came into Jerusalem, his disciples are there. He directed his disciples. You know, he, he was acclaimed as being the one coming in peace and thinking they're the Messiah. He went into the, to the temple, looked around, and then he went back and stayed with the disciples overnight. And they would have had a conversation about this. They would have talked about what the purpose is. They would have talked about all of these things. You see that guy that tripped over the palm that they put <laughs> down themselves? And it was like, how did you know? Or oh, I should know this. But you knew exactly there was going to be something there. And, and they did exactly as you're told. And, and, what, you know, and everybody got excited. But Jesus, why didn't you take hold of that? You know? And there, there would have been all this conversation. And the reason I'm kind of bringing it up in that kind of phrase is because... As Christians, we don't live in solitude. We don't do Christianity. We don't do life by ourselves. Can't. It's a corporate religion, <laughs> if you we would. We do it with other people, exactly. So we do it in community. We do it shared. So, so when you're going through tough times, people will be there and help you because you're opening yourself up and letting people in on the journey. So if you've got a purpose... Um, share it with your group. Share it with those friends, those people you trust. And, and they will affirm and, and help you in that process. If you have a celebration, you, you know, you're achieving it, you're getting it, you're going, this is amazing, this is what God's been. People will celebrate with you in that moment. And it's so important for us to be able to do that as a community and working together. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's awesome. And you just, if you think you can't do it in isolation, because when you're in your isolation, now, that's good for quiet times and stuff. Jesus retreated. That's important. But he came back to the mass. If you stay out there by yourself, you're actually at the weakest point. And that's where, you know, we're saying about those battles when we're trying to fight towards our purpose, when we try and work towards it, and the world starts pulling us away from it and you're sitting there by yourself, you don't have that community to back you up or to empower you, to encourage you. Uh, you've got to come back from isolation, even if you do venture there. Fantastic. Josh. Yes. On the spot. Any last words? Uh, <laughs> I always do. We always do this to Josh. We put him on Chuck the spot. Chuck him on the deep dive. <laughs> <laughs> As I've been trying to do everything else. And That's right. And, and, quite li and I've just been listening. I've just been absorbing and, and, and taking it all in. Um, Fantastic. Uh, I think, I, I think the, the, the final, I think the, the bit that's sticking out is is that community aspect. Is is that um, doing it with others? As um, as someone who does like his alone time, it is super um, important and just just a you can really have a good appreciation for 
for others stepping into your life and all those around you or, or just being able to share those, your experiences or even just bouncing ideas or, or getting things because, I mean, I, I can't get like if you can't think of something on your own, um, it would be all, it'd be very hard to think up of something on your own unless someone else like kind of shows you it or someone else speaks into it. You can only, you're, you kind of limit yourself if it's just you. And, you know, and then God can be talking to you through other people or be using them through you. So I think that community aspect is super important. Fantastic, Josh. Excellent. We expect a full purpose statement uh, the uh, next week. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> okay, Caleb. How about we just round it Let's out there? Let's wrap it out with a prayer. Oh, fantastic. So I'm going to throw you. You're going to okay. pray today. Lord God, we thank you for this time where we can just delve in deep into the Bible and particularly this week into purpose. We just pray uh, that some of those things might resonate in our hearts so we can take steps of action. Uh, we can learn what you desire for us to be our purpose and that we can push into that and step out from it. Lord God, we just pray in it and through it that we pray everywhere and just see you amongst all of it uh, in our life and in the steps we're taking. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Caleb. Thank you, Simon. Thanks, Thank Josh. Thank you, Josh. Catch you all next time. Okay, bye.